Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, lots of you have taken up cycling over the last few years, but our next guest hasn't done just that. She's managed to make it a career and she's had quite the journey to get there. Imogen Cotter is from Clare. She would be known from cycling competitively in Limerick and she's back home for a few weeks from Belgium where she's based and she's on the line. Good morning to you, Imogen. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Now, uh, certainly one thing that no one could you accuse you of is being unmotivated. You've had quite a journey. Tell us about your love of cycling and how it all came about for you and you ended up in the professional ranks. Well, I was always uh, very active. Like I always, uh, throughout my teens, had competed in running and triathlon. And so in my early 20s, so this is back in 2017, I was uh, running, I suppose, at quite a good level. Um, And I had only ever really cycled to get from A to B because I lived quite far out in the country. Um, But my mum saw something on Facebook that Cycling Ireland were doing a talent transfer programme. And, and she tagged me in it and, you know, she told me, oh, you should try out for this um, and just see how you get on. So I, I came back. I was living in London at the time. I came back uh, to try out for the talent transfer program. Just kind of, I didn't even think it would get me anywhere, but I ended up making it onto, um, I made it into the final round and eventually I made it onto the national track team. So that was like 2017. Um, and in 2018, then, I moved out to Mallorca to train with the track team full-time. And then at the end of that year, that was when I decided that I would move to Belgium to ride on the road. And so, yeah, since then, since 2019, I've been living in Belgium and racing for a team over there. And, yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind adventure, I suppose. Now, sometimes when you read books that professional cyclists have brought out, they will talk about the pain that they have to endure to cycle competitively, mm-hmm. uh, the risk of injury, obviously, and getting it, and sometimes riding with injury, but also just the lung-bursting aspects of it, however fit you are. I presume you know exactly what they're talking about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I... I I've done a few different disciplines of cycling. So when I first started, I was cycling on the track, which is, you know, the the velodrome indoors. Um, And then after that, I moved over to the road. But I also do, um, I do e-racing. So, you know, using Zwift as like an online training platform. And I would use Zwift to, to do races sometimes, you know, from the comfort of my own home, because you can just, you can link up your bike to the computer and, and race like that. And that's some of the most painful efforts and the most painful training that I've ever had to do. You know, you you really have to learn how to suffer and overcome the mental block of thinking like, oh, my legs are hurting, I'm going to ease off. You just have to push through that and, and get comfortable with the pain. I think that's like the, that's what makes a very good cyclist, the person who can suffer the most. Right, we're chatting to Imogen Cotter from Clare, who's a, a pro cyclist. And, and when you talk about that, does that mean that there's kind of I, I, just the idea of being comfortable with pain? <laughs> Certainly not something I'd be. <laughs> so I'm trying to understand, how, <laughs> is it a zen-like state or what? Oh, God, no. It's just literally gritting your teeth and getting through it. Like, it's, uh, 
I suppose there's different ways that everybody can get through it. But, you know, for me, it would just be staying very present in the moment. Like if I'm, if I get distracted at all, if I'm in a race, you know, in a breakaway or if I'm doing a, a hard session, if I get distracted, that can kind of take me away from doing what I need to do. So I just try and stay very like focused in the moment um, and not listen to my legs. That's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the best advice I can give. <laughs> Now, Imogen, there was a pretty significant development in sport in Ireland this week when the Football Association of Ireland uh, decided rightly to equalise their match fees between the men's senior soccer team and the women's senior soccer team. It involved a small cut for the men and bringing uh, the uh, women's fee up to the same level. Um, Within cycling, um, is there a road to equality in terms of how professional women and men are treated? Um, I think it's something that has really come to the forefront in the past couple of years. And I don't think that teams can get away with not paying men and women equally anymore. I think that as a whole, like society is looking at that and, and you see when there's a prize pot for the men that's three times what the women get, society now are speaking out against that and saying, well, they're doing the exact same work to get it, so it doesn't make sense that women are getting paid less. And I think as well that in cycling, there has been movement behind it as well. So for one of the biggest races on the women's calendar this year, the Strada Bianchi, there was a, a much lower prize spot for the women than for the men. And actually, they, there was a GoFundMe set up by cycling fans to raise money to make sure that there was an equal prize pot. And I think, you know, when a race organiser sees that people are willing to do stuff like that and that there is the interest there in women cycling, they become aware that, hey, yeah, we need to actually invest more time and more effort into promoting this. Um, But I think that there is also a lot of good stuff being done for women cycling and good initiatives like um, Cycling Ireland would have the Bike Like Me programme, which is really focused on promoting women's sport and especially for young girls as well. Uh, so there's a lot of, um, there are a lot of initiatives working towards it and it's something that I think is just getting more and more recognised. Right. And uh, I think the more that we talk about it, less people can get away with not treating men and women cyclists equally. Right. And Imogen, I mean, the um, men's season and the women's season professionally in Europe, do they mirror each other? Are, are there similar races or equivalent races? How does it work? Yeah, so there would be, you know, a lot of the time for like the, the one-day classic races, the women's race and the men's race would be, you know, one would be the day after the other or they might sometimes even be on the same day. Um, and then there, like obviously the women don't have a Tour de France this year, but from next year onwards there will be a stage race for the women after the men's Tour de France. Um, and the men have like the... The men have the Giro, but the women have a 10-day stage race called the Giro Donna. So there's, there are, yeah, there, there's as many races as, as there are for men, there there are that many races for World Tour women as well. Yeah. Right. And what was it like for you, I know, based in Belgium during COVID? Yeah, um, it was tough because I think last year, for a lot of athletes anyway, most races were cancelled. So it was really hard to stay motivated when everything was just getting, 
you know, cancelled left, right, centre. But I just found different things to focus on. You know, I thought to myself, if I couldn't, if I wasn't able to go and actually compete, I would make sure that I was getting the training done as best as I could. And I was, you know, doing the little things outside of training that maybe you wouldn't necessarily get time to do if you're, if you've got a very heavy racing schedule. So I was, you know, having time to do all my stretching, my core, uh, and just recovering better as well. So even though I wasn't able to compete, I do feel like I made big improvements from being able to get a really good training block in. Right. Now, we know that in certain countries in Europe, France, Belgium being an example where you're based yourself, cycling and pro cycling is mm-hmm. deeply integrated into the culture. It kind of comes and goes in waves mm-hmm. in Ireland, the successes of the Sean Kellys and the Stephen Roaches and, and some of the more recent yeah. successes as well. Um, but the whole debate around cycling has moved on here, even in terms of transport. It's become a front and centre issue. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, on cycling as a, yeah. as a means of transport. Yeah, as a means of transport uh, and, and well, also being part, of, more part of the culture in Ireland, I suppose. So I think as a means of transport, one thing that I, I definitely noticed from living in Belgium and I've also spent a, a bit of time in the Netherlands, the cycling infrastructure in terms of like the cycling lanes and how safe you feel on the road, it's just, it's second to none. You can't, there is, there are barely any roads without a cycling path on them. It's just so part of their lifestyle, and it's not just it's not just competitive cyclists who are using these bike paths. You know, there's kids up to 80, 90 year old women and men using them. You know, uh, just to get to the shops or whatever it may be. Um, so I think that until we have that kind of infrastructure here in Ireland, that you can't create that culture. You know, that that culture can't exist if people don't feel safe to get out on their bikes. And I know that there have been uh, changes made and, you know, that there is more awareness of it and governments are trying to do, you know, the racing greenways and things like that. But it's more like if you look at cities like Amsterdam, if you look in a city and how safe it is in, in like Amsterdam or Ghent, wherever, to cycle on your bike, you don't have that same thing in Dublin or in Galway. Um, so I, I think there's a, a bit of a way to go uh, in terms of people really buying into the culture of it if they can't feel safe when they're doing it. Yeah. Well, I noticed that they're building a secondary school near where I am myself in Limerick and one of the first things that's gone down and the first block hasn't been laid on the school yet is an extension of the cycling lane so hopefully that's the way it's going well listen thank you very much for ch- chatting to us um, Imogen we appreciate it uh, the very best of luck for the time ahead and hopefully like all of us you won't have to try and contend with uh, Covid and all the restrictions in the middle of it too great to chat to you for having me. Thank you. Take care. That's Imogen Cotter from Clare, a professional cyclist, so keep an eye out for how she's doing. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.